Good afternoon and good evening, everyone. Welcome back to our long lost podcast. We're returning to it from your crew at Locked On Sound. It's been way, way, way too long. We've been a little busy in the off season. Well, not really off season, but you know, our podcast off season because it's been our on season for hunting and the rest of the company. Oh, yeah. Lots of hunting. Anytime we had a chance to hunt, we were hunting, but most of the time we were busy making calls, making deals, <laughs> new products. Lots and lots of stuff to catch you guys up on. For those of you listeners who don't kind of follow the Instagram and the Facebook page and the website and stuff like that, there's a lot to catch up on. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Well, if we're going to start off with new <clears throat> stuff, we might as well start off with the biggest stuff there is. Our new name and a new logo. So, a little bit of backstory. We actually, when we first started this company out, we went with a logo made by one of our employees. Actually Yours sitting truly. Right here, Willie. It um, was a beautiful logo. Not really. It was, <laughs> it was pretty shitty. But. It, it wasn't super readable. We had people tell us that as time went on, and we were kind of like, oh, you're right. It's not super readable. And the name kind of gave us more of an outfitter kind of feel almost a guide company and we do not guide at all so you know, when we started off with three guys too it was it was a way different company than it is now and the way it's run so we decided it was like a whole new start a fresh start on everything we decided to go with a new name which we actually spent weeks compiling names and went with the name we already had we went with locked on sound the name of this podcast and when i tell you i mean we really sat in a kitchen for four hours straight going through lists and names and information and researching other companies' names, trying to figure out a name, and we landed on one that we had figured out almost six months ago. No, it's midnight. I'm sitting there. I'm getting very pissed off at this point. He's a grumpy muncher we, we just We can't figure out a name that we both like, that we, that we want to have as the company's name for good. We've got like six other people in the room with us trying to the, brainstorm ideas. There's so many ideas going around. And, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, our, our product, you know, the mantra we use is locked on sound. And somebody looks at me and says, well, why can't that be your name? Locked on sound. And we kind of looked at each other and went, wow, we really are idiots. That, that's the perfect name. So that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. And if you look at the cover of what this podcast, you know, the artwork for the cover of this podcast, you'll be able to see the new name and new logo. Well, the name's still the same. It's locked on sound. But it no longer says brought to you by Southern Michigan Waterfowl Chasers because we're just locked on sound. No, I love it because we actually deal with everything now. I mean, we're, we have turkey calls now. We have predator calls. We have small, you know, small game calls. We have duck, goose. We have everything that you can think of, uh, grunt calls. So our new logo really encompasses what we are as a whole, a call company, not just a waterfowl company. And we really wanted people to understand that. Exactly. So with that being said, you know, obviously like you, we're, we're a call company. So how did our calling go this year? What do you think? Our calling, I think, actually went really good. This, this was the first year that I really got into getting spreads around and, and paying attention to my calling and how I wanted to call in ducks and, and geese at a certain time. It was the first year I really paid attention to it because the way we normally hunt, we are a very big um, kind of flyby shooters. 
Oh, that's all of our old spots used to have is they would zoom by you at 40 miles an hour and you get a shot or they're going to go 100 yards down the bank and get shot at by somebody else because you're on public land. Exactly. I mean, all of we, all the stuff we do is on public land and we really hadn't found a lot of spots. Well, we hadn't went and looked until this year. And we, you know, we figured it out this year better to get better spots for putting spreads up and actually calling ducks in. And I would say by the end of the year, it was going great. Yeah, it definitely picked up as the year went on. I mean, let's be honest. We started the year pretty shittily. I mean, we we began by getting lost on the water on day one. It was mistake after mistake. We we got out. It's super foggy. We have to row to our spot. We're in we, two kayaks. We started the season off in, a, in, a, in two kayaks. Well... That day, opening day, you can't see the hand, your hand in front of you. It was the heaviest fog that I've probably ever seen in my entire life. Well, we get lost. We're using map apps to try to find our way. And the maps... <laughs> None of them are showing us no, the right direction no, that we're actually They're telling going. us that we're going directions that we're not even going. So opening day was kind of a shit show. We really landed on a bank. We called it a day. We threw some decoys out. And we said, screw it. This is where we're going. It didn't go well. Now, with that being said, we, we still killed birds. You know, we got some bird shot, and we got some duck and some geese out of that spot. But I will say nobody else around us had a good day either. No. I mean, nobody was killing limits of birds left and right. No, we really... No. There was ducks and geese there prior, but of course it's public land, so you get everybody coming out 15 minutes prior to shooting light, and you go from you're the only guys there to... 70 guys on the bank within 30 minutes and you're like oh crap <laughs> right and then we were we were by no means the first guys there but we were there at about 2 33 a.m that day and there's people that camp overnight and stuff and there were a couple people that still did but it was storming and cold the night before so we figured morning would cut it yeah so i mean now that's the beginning of our season as we progressed throughout the season we definitely had a big time growth period where we got a lot better at First of all, scouting. Our, our scouting has been really poor. Yes. We have not been the best at scouting. We found some new areas and even a new public spot that was just tremendously better. I mean, it was it's one of the biggest lakes I've ever been on other than a great lake, and especially the fact that you could hunt it. Yeah. Now, we did have a couple of mishaps throughout the whole entire season, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, some near-death experiences <laughs> definitely happened. Let's, <laughs> I mean, let's just get into it a little bit. We'll start with the, the, the late season split. We have a two-day split where that we can hunt ducks in January. January 1st and 2nd, the only two days. It's January 1st. We're in our boat. Now we're, now we're boat hunting because we bought a boat for this year, actually. And so we're sitting there, and it's just as foggy as day one, but now we're on a bigger lake. A huge lake. <laughs> with a current like no other. So there's about a 10-mile-an-hour current pushing us away from where we want to be. We, at this point, have a better app that's telling us where we're at than we did opening day. Unfortunately, we couldn't control our steering very well because it was so foggy, you couldn't tell if you were turning a couple degrees. So we come, ended up come to find out, we mapped this all out, and we've... Done a circle around the lake. Literally, probably, in all in all, over probably a mile circle. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've just been doing circles, and we didn't know it. I mean, when you're in the fog, I don't know if anybody's ever gotten caught in the fog. I don't advise you to go out in the fog. You think you got it. You're like, okay, just a straight line. Keep the boat straight. Right. There's no waypoint to look at, though. And when I tell you we did circles 
like doing complete 360s in the water and we didn't even know we were doing 360s. It's incredible. And then add on top of it the fact that, you know, January 1st is New Year's Day. So we run out New Year's Eve being the smart guys that we are. No sleep. Let's just go straight to the truck, straight to the boat and the blind and let's get out there. Oh, add on the fact that it's a feels like of about three degrees this morning. So we're on the water. Yeah, there's a freezing fi- 15 mile an hour wind. It's it's foggy as heck, 10 mile an hour current. We're doing circles in the middle of the lake. And come to find out, um, I did not know this, but if you're stuck in the fog, you start to really get a little uh, disoriented and almost a sick feeling because you can't see where you're at. You can't tell where you're at. And you almost get disoriented just because all you can see is where you're standing. Yeah, we, we ended up just picking a direction and saying, it's got to be this way. Let's drive towards the bank and hit the bank, get across the lake. Now, luckily, we came out probably about 60 yards from where we meant to be. Yeah, we got to the bank, and we just fought, and then we knew a wayward point, and we followed it up the bank. We saw the down tree on the riverbank, and we were like, that's where we got to go. Let's go down to the right from that. Super sketchy, though. was not my favorite. I will say it makes you learn a lot about your hunting partners, though. <laughs> Only our third time on this lake, too. So we didn't know exactly where we are going. Um, I, You know, another scary moment we had this year. We, oh, hold we, on, hold on. we got to finish that one with the fact that as we're going out there, our gas motor dies. Oh, true. Well, so, we so bought, he learned a lot because yeah. I'm sitting there. The gas motor's dead. Won't start anymore. So we got a trolling motor on the back. No, no paddles or oars in this boat either. So <laughs> we've got the trolling motor going. That's probably from 1972. It's originally a one horse. So we might be kicking out a half horse at this point with a 10 mile an hour current getting turned in circles. And then I'm sitting there doing the math in my head going, this battery hasn't been charged in six months. We're running a trolling motor off it for the past two hours. What the fuck do we do if this thing dies? I told him to put oars in the boat. This man says, we got a gas motor. It'll run. Hey, we made it. We made it just fine. The gas motor that we got gave us the old finger and told us we were number one. But then as soon as we shot ducks that day, it started right up so we could go get the ducks. So you know how that goes. Yeah, no, it was stupid. But at least the boat stayed above the water that day. Yeah. Because there were <laughs> there was a day where it did not want to stay. This above was the water. a different boat that we were running at the time. We were more into the middle of our season, probably October-ish time. Yeah, I'd say so. It wasn't quite freezing, but it was cold enough yep, to really Yep. Again, we're on a new lake. First time ever First on this First time lake. ever on this lake. Killing birds galore. Having an amazing day. We get the boat, you know, we get to the boat ramp, put the boat in the water, and we get about halfway across the lake. It's been about 20 minutes on the water so far. And we're just kind of, this was when we just had the trolling motor. So we're going, you know, three or four miles an hour. And we get out about halfway, and he looks at me and goes, is there some water up there? And, you know, we look down, it's like, oh, there's a little bit. We probably just splashed some in on our way in. Both blew it off and found the island we were going to, docked on the island, and you know, started shooting some birds. Great hunt. Great hunt. This man loses a GoPro, though, so the hunt goes sideways pretty quick. GoPro flies off me when I'm shooting. Sweet video. Best calling I've ever seen from Hunter. It flew right down the river. He called at it, and it just U-turned straight back and went straight in the spread. Ten-yard shot for me It touches the decoys, and he lays this shot off perfect. Well, we go to look up because there's more mallards above our head. We shoot these mallards above us. One about lands on top of Hunter. One of uh, yeah, I almost caught one, and he looks over at me and he goes, "Oh my fucking god! I think I just lost the GoPro in the water." 
And I said, stand still, because we could still find it. Now, of course, at this time, there is no waterproof case on it. Nope. We're in about two feet of water. So at this point, you're getting your sleeves wet, reaching. It's it two mud. foot of water and about a foot of mud. So really, we weren't going to find it. We, we never did. We, we never find this. We one. take a net. We scrape around. We took, I mean, we tried. At it this point, we're looking happen. for it, passing up birds. There's ducks and geese flying all over us. Oh, yeah. So now he's shooting ducks. And I said, all right, I got to go find the ducks that went behind us. So I walk back and I get back there. And the boat is about an inch off the water now. <laughs> and I'm like... Okay, that's not right at all. Why is our boat so close to the water? I look in there and I'm like, holy shit. The boat is just almost entirely all full of, of the, water. All of our stuff. Bags, bags cases, cases, shells. Shells, batteries, the trolling motor wire. Everything that you could think of is below water. It's the Titanic and it's going down. <laughs> and it was going down fast. So I call out to him. He's already pretty ticked off because he just lost $600 worth of a GoPro. Yep. I already bought a new one sitting right there. I pull out my phone on Amazon. I was like, screw it. Might as well spend the money now. Buy a new one. So I call out to him and I say, you got to come look at this shit. I go find the duck. I grab that duck. I, I, <laughs> it doesn't matter at this point. We don't have any other thing that we can do. We don't even know where the leak's at nobody's there's nobody coming to get us no we're the only ones on this entire lake yeah. literally the only ones only there. ones the only ones we know that has a boat <laughs> yeah so we're sitting on this island and we think okay what are we gonna do we tried deadlifting it to get it up on the island and try to fix it but as you know a boat full of water you're not gonna happen no we can each deadlift probably 400 some pounds a piece and yeah. with adrenaline going even more than that so that boat was well over probably what 1500 pounds 2000 pounds oh, full of water it was way heavy we got Way it to budge, heavy. but not much. Not it was much. not moving up the bank. We didn't have a strap. We didn't have a winch. We didn't have... We were didn't very, even have a bail bucket. We were on... Well, we had... Well, no, we didn't. No. I used a decoy. I took a junk decoy <laughs> and cut this thing open and started bailing water. I bail out this boat. It took me forever. I bail out the whole boat. I'm holding the boat up trying to get it up on land. We still. then decide, against our better judgment, screw it. Put your life jacket on. <laughs> We're going to take the ride across the lake and get back to shore. While we're both in waders, just so you know. Full, well, full chest waders. So, yeah. I've got my waders down to my waist now. I'm unstrapped. I'm ready to kick them off because I'm like, this is going to get stupid really quick. I've got my CO2 inflatable life jacket that supposedly holds 400 pounds, and I was going to test all of it. Yeah. See, I had a little, you know... I'll say off-brand Walmart life jacket for ten dollars at a garage sale, and that you know, thing was not holding that, me. In that my was just up. for legality reasons. Yes. That wasn't even to hold. I mean, he was gonna. It was not gonna hold him up at all. No, I would have been swimming with the fishies. Well, so we get about halfway across the lake, and at this point, I've decided. You know what? We're gonna live. We're all right. We're not going down. My partner in the back, on the other hand, though, is not in the same sense of mind. <laughs> well, I'm the one paddling the boat at this point, because this was earlier in the season before the gas motor, so we had the paddles at this point, and it's taking everything I have, because I'm moving a 400-pound boat with 2,000 pounds of water, Hunter, plus me, plus all of our gear across this lake with just two wooden paddles. I'm having a dandy of a time. I'm I'm looking forward. I'm like, land ho! My back's hurt. This my guy is behind me saying, oh my god, we have five <laughs> minutes, we're gonna die! Because we literally made it off. We made it to shore with maybe, what, two, three minutes before that boat was going Oh, we under. were pretty underwater. It was not going well, but you know what? We were all right. We made it. There was one point where Hunter moved to the side a little bit and just adjusted his seat, and we took on water on that side because that side of the boat tipped under the water. Yeah, but you know what? It all it all worked out because we got ducks that day. 
It was kind of a fun day. It was a very interesting day. It was a day with a story. It was a day with a story. You know, honestly, didn't scare me as much as our first day that we went to the bay this year. Well, so that was the so that was a Monday morning. We had Monday morning off work, so we went out to this new lake. We were like, screw it, let's go kill some duckles. The weekend before, so you know, two days before, we decide let's go up to Bay City for the weekend or Saginaw Bay. Up by what was it, Bad Axe, Michigan? Bad Axe, yeah. yeah. We were we stayed in Bad Axe because good luck getting a hotel on the actual bay. Last minute. That's impossible. Yeah, it was it was an impulse decision. So we go up to Bay City. And we're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna leave my house at about what we left at one a.m. Right? Yeah. And we made it up there at about four a.m. It was about a three-hour drive. Yep. So we get to where we're going. I think it was Fish Point, north of Fish Point, is where we were. Uh, it was Duck Cove. Was it Duck Cove? Duck. Duck something. Duck something. It was north of Fish Point, though. So we get up there at about four a.m. Our, both of our girlfriends are with us sleeping in the truck before the hotel opens. So we just kind of left them in the truck and we start rolling out. And at this point, well, we, we had, we, we we had, had the trolling, a, motor. trolling motor. So we get to the dock and we look at the boat in front of us. And this is a $80,000 boat. This thing is decked out. It is it is really, really, really nice. And we, we were kind of going along. And all of a sudden, we just hear this loud motor start up behind us. And here they come. And when I tell you, we, we're used to being on no wake lakes. So the trolling motor, everything, it all works out. We don't have a super big boat. We just got a trolling motor. We run it on a budget. We're cheap. So <laughs> we hear these loud motors start up. Next thing you know, there's probably 10 boats. In At a, one time. The equivalent of about 1,000 horsepower out there. And they're all coming at us doing probably 30 to 50 miles an hour, jumping. Mud motors. Airboats. airboats jumping everything. banks. Jumping over reed banks. And we're sitting on the edge of a reed bank. And you just hear them coming like a bat out of hell. And all of a sudden they just go by you. And they're gone. I have never been so freaking scared because I'm in this rink-a-dink John it, it was a 12-foot John boat. And that's what we were in. Were we idiots for going out there in the John boat? Oh, yes. yeah, for sure. Oh, we, yeah. we That boat should have never touched that water. Because we're sitting there, you know, at least we were all lit up. I mean, there's LED lights 360 around this boat. You can see fine. But we get to the other side probably, what, three quarters of a mile from the dock. Mm-hmm. And we find this nice little reed bank. And we set up on the other side of it. And we're looking around. And we're like, wow, this is, you know, we've never hunted a lake like this. It looks like a flooded timber in Louisiana. And we're just kind of chilling. And then he looks at me and he goes, what if one of those boats tries to go through our reed bank? And I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I'm watching these guys jump giant reed banks. They don't care. They're going right through them. They're, they're airborne. Not, going they're not right going around them. them. They're going through them. I'm like, well, I guess that's what an airboat does. So now I'm listening and I'm being over intent, you know, intent with everything. And you can just hear them all around us 30 yards away. And here comes this. We throw our decoys. And it's not five minutes before shooting light, <laughs> and here comes the typical freaking asshole. You can hear him coming from a mile away. He might as well have the Dukes of Hazard freaking horn playing. <laughs> here he comes through my decoy spread, giving us the freaking wave like he's the fucking queen of England. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking joking me? Oh, boy. It was a day and a half, that's for sure. So here comes ducks flying in at us. We shoot them. They're coots. <laughs> well, yeah. So we're sitting there. You know, it's literally one minute past shooting light. And we're in awe because all you see is like the light comes up and you look around and there's just boats everywhere. And we're like, wow. 
five yards over our head, these four ducks fly in and land. And I, I'll, I'll describe it as there was basically a river like 10 yards behind us in the in the lake there, you know, around our, uh, our reed grass little island there. Yeah. And they flew right there. And I'm sitting there looking at Hunter and I go, I, I can see the ducks. I can't tell what they are. And, you know, we're going over like, okay, so everything's legal right now. I know it's not anything illegal. And I'm like, ah, one's swimming in front of us. Let's send it. So we blast one, or I blast one, I should say. And sure enough, it was a coot. Now, I love coots. They're one of my favorite kinds of ducks. Everyone hates me for it, especially Hunter. But here we are, and mark my words, next year I'm getting a coot mounted. I absolutely cannot stand this man when we're on a lake. And if you want to shoot coots, get your butt up there because... I didn't see anything but a freaking coot all day. A limit of coot is what? 15 coots? 15 coots. We could have shot both of our limits in coots within, before 9 a.m. Easily. Oh, oh, yeah. There was coots everywhere. We did shoot a couple for fun. For eating. We did actually eat them. We, some good coots. Yeah. It, I mean, what a, not not great, but there are recipes that you hey, can meets use. Meets meat. Meets meat. So we did shoot a few. We didn't take our limit. I don't think I would ever take my limit. Now this guy over here, he'd take his limit in coots all day long. Oh, I'm not I, willing to spend the freaking money on it. If it wasn't for telling me don't shoot anymore, I would. I I would have got a limit for sure. Oh yeah, there's coots everywhere. I mean, there's hundreds of them, and I don't know where people. Thousands. I don't know where people get off saying they're they're they like safety and that they're so smart or anything like that because. Holy crap, they were, they I mean, were running into our boat. Out, we could literally row up right next to them, and I probably could have scooped some up with a fishing net if we I mean, to. they were running into our boat. They did not care. Uh-uh, not one bit. Easy pickings. But other than that, nothing. I saw nothing. It was a very interesting day. And we learned for the weather patterns we were at, for the weather we had and the time of the year we were at, we were not sitting in the right part. No, we needed to go way out, actually, into the bay. We were into the reeds, like... Where it starts the bay, right. but you need to go out actually into the lake and get because we were in diver season. Yeah, this it was, was our, not mallards. No, season. this was our first time up there. We were still shooting mallards on our little rinkadink lakes at home. We get up to the Saginaw Bay though, and it's a way different style of of what's going on. The divers were there galore, but you had to be out in deep lake, and we are on a twelve foot John boat. I'm not going. In Saginaw Bay, actually, because there's no waves where we're at. There's no current. I There was nothing. This was glass, pitch-perfect weather. If you get out on the bay, though, there was about two-and-a-half-foot waves the whole entire White way. Caps, White caps. I'm not doing that And it time. wasn't a warm day, either. We were, no. we were getting missed in there. No, I'm not looking to, to Starts die. Starts raining like, on we us. Weren't, we were dumb to take it there, but we weren't stupid enough to actually take it in the bay. Correct. So, you know, I wasn't willing to... Not, not that... Willing for ducks. That wasn't going to happen. No. Don't don't die for your ducks. That, that was the message of that day, is a duck's not worth dying for. Exactly. And we did take some risks this year that we probably should have died for, but you know, there we was, got the ducks. There was some risk it for the biscuits, but nothing super, super bad. That weekend ended up turning into a bust. Now, I will say, basing off that weekend, Michigan's duck hunting season just starts too early. I'll base it off our split. We had an amazing split, and, and from... Facebook and Instagram and the customers that buy our calls, it looked like everybody had an amazing split. I think you're totally right on that, though. I'd love to speak to somebody on how they get these dates around because it's not right. There, there's no way it's right because we start – when we start, we hunt the same local ducks for probably two to three weeks before we see any other ducks come in here. So your opening weekend is pretty good. There's ducks everywhere. There's ducks everywhere. Then they're all gone. By the second weekend, they're gone. 
They've now learned. They've got everything figured out. And you're hunting the same duck over and over and over again. Now you're just bypass shooting because good luck getting them to do anything that you want because they've seen every decoy. Heard um, every call. Every call. They know what they're doing. They know where not to go. And it's kind of a good luck moment now. And then finally, about midway through the season, we get a cold front. It took takes forever because we are in the southern part of Michigan. So yeah, we're we, about probably an hour from the Ohio border. Yeah. So unless we go north... We're not getting cold weather like some of the northerners do. And we don't see a freaking migrating bird or a bird from a different place probably until November. It was nothing but wood ducks until November. And they were the same. The mallards were I mean, not literally, here. there was nothing here. There and was don't nothing. get me wrong. I'm grateful for the amount of wood ducks we shot at the beginning of the season. But nothing is like shooting a greenhead mallard out the sky. No. And then finally we get to <clears> November. <throat> and this is the hunting that we wait for. We finally get a cold front. And the mallards start booking it in here. And by the time we get to December. Yeah, that cold front moves into November and then our season ends. Pretty and much. We're like, oh, pretty cool. much. Thank and you. then finally we get, we get to, well, then our split was in January. Our split was January 1st and 2nd. And that was amazing. We best had Best hunting. Best duck time. hunting I've ever seen. And now our duck season's over. We have goose coming up in February, but duck's over until next year. And you should see the amount of ducks flying in right now. Oh, I mean, you can drive down the road and every little bit of, we don't have a ton of open water right now, but every little bit of open water has at least two, 300 ducks. There's ducks everywhere. The lake closest to me, few hundred ducks. I just feel like that there should be something, some sort of research that goes into this. How are the first three weeks of our season? Now, I don't know if this is different for the UP, because I know their season starts earlier than ours does. You know, there's a there's an up, upper start, a, a middle start, and a lower start, but... How does theirs go? Because if they start earlier than us, I feel like they're kind of running into the same problems. Now, if we all started at the same time, I would say they get a little better push than we do, but we don't. So I'd like to see what research goes into this because I feel like the first three weeks to yeah, the first three weeks of our season are useless. Went to waste. Totally they're went useless. To waste. The first week is great, and then the the next the next two weeks suck. Right. You and can't find a duck to save your life. Yeah, and the same thing just goes for duck and geese. You see more geese flying around right now than you have all year. There's, there's geese everywhere. And, like, right now would be a perfect time for our second goose season. But now we have to wait until, what, February 11th for late goose? Somewhere mm, around there? No, it's... I don't quite remember the dates on that. Late goose is sometime mid-February. February 9th, I think. 9th? Somewhere around there. But we have to wait while watching all these birds for a month. And by then, let's be honest, the weather will probably change because it's Michigan and they'll be all out of here. I don't think we'll have any water at that time. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to say. We have no snow, though. No, so we don't. I don't. I don't know. If we don't get our snow and we have no sitting water, I think they're going to have to push out of here because where are they going to get their water from? From what I've heard, it's supposed to be a cold, cold rest of the month and a cold February. So I'm sure we'll have no open water. Depends on how much snow we get. I, I really don't know. But I would like to see, I don't know, maybe a change, maybe a later, a later push if we start later or if we have splits, almost like what Louisiana does and we get to... We don't start as early as we do, and then maybe they take a few weeks out of it, and we get to go a little later. I'm not exactly sure. I know we get the freeze over, and there's a lot of danger that comes with the freeze over on our lakes. And also, you run into the chance of having no open water, and you have to run ice eaters or something like that. I don't know what all goes into the research, but I do know there needs to be something looked at to change something around. I would hands down trade our first three weeks of the season for one week in January. In a heartbeat. Yeah, I, honestly, heartbeat. I'd like it if 
if we got a whole week in January for the split instead of two days. Two days. We get geese for that whole week, but that's not the same as duck. And they still moved in literally the weekend after season ended for geese as well. I mean, but we did see a lot of geese. Now, here in Michigan, I don't know about anybody else, we have, at least down here in the south, there is a definite issue with getting permission on people's property, I will say. Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about that in our earlier podcast. Uh, I think it was called Leasing in the Future of Hunting or something similar to that. Something like that. We discussed the amount of properties that are leased. And even, you know, in both of our earlier jobs in our life, you know, we've worked with farmers day in and day out. And all of them just have leased land, a couple thousand dollars a year. It's extremely hard to get private property to hunt on here. Yeah, I don't. We, we found the geese. We found lots of geese on fields, but... They're, it's not the same as it used to be. No. I know that. They definitely want a monetary value for you to come onto their stuff. There's not a lot of farmers left that really want help or just want the geese off their land. There is, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's lots of people listening to this that just, that hunt just purely based on the farmer lets you come out and hunt their stuff. But the people we talked to, we got denied a lot. Denied, denied, denied. We are lucky that we had such a fortunate duck season as well. Yeah, we are lucky that we found some places. Now, we did get to hunt one leased property this year. We did. We did, thanks to some connections we had. And that, you know, that leased property, we got birds off of. We did get birds off of. On a river, it was actually pretty nice. And I actually called in some geese there. So that was was kind of a fun little uh, day that we had there, too. And that was a great hunt just because it was, you know, we're sitting there. The light came out. We morning hunted. And we night hunted that evening, too. But, you know, light comes up, and we look across the river that runs through the property, and we just see a big old flock of fam- or family geese, a family group group of geese <laughs> swimming right at us across the water. And we're like, oh, we better get ready. And now there's two guys sitting 15 yards from us looking at the other side of the bank, and these geese are probably 25 yards from us right now. Me and Hunter are sitting there getting ready to shoot, trying to figure out how to let these other guys know we're in front of blinds, but the geese can still hear us, so we can't really let them know that they're coming in. And all of a sudden, he stands up and moves his chair wiggles around a bit and sits back down and all these geese just fly off the water so then there's just shots ringing out everywhere yeah well we knocked a few we knocked a few out of that group so it wasn't it wasn't terrible i will tell you what though this year we got for the first time so i i usually hunt and i'm hunting puddle puddle ducks for sure mallards woodies gadwall uh the occasional teal Teal are mostly the first week of the I, season. I feel maybe like teal are gone by the time we get there. You might find a couple. We didn't find really any this we year. We saw what one group of teal fly one, by the second yep, day of our hunting. The second day of the season, we saw teal. After that, we never saw teal again. But I am hooked on diver hunting. Oh, diver hunting is way. We more fun. got on some divers this year for the first time, and the entire second half of our season was, was divers. divers, and it was I, I've never had so much fun. Now I, I well, it's hard to say because our late split. Was nothing, was, was some divers, but it was greenheads. We shot our limited greenheads, and it that was fun in its own right, too, though, because you get to watch 15 greenies just rain lock from the sky, right lock in, and touch your decoys, and, and it's so much fun. But the divers are fun because they fly two feet off the water top. They're doing full speed. You're calling at them, and all of a sudden, Boom! They lock up and they just smash the water. I mean, there's so much fun. And they'll do loops in front of you just doing full speed ahead. 40 miles an hour. It's freaking, it's so much fun to watch and, and call at them because you can tell they want to come in. They're literally flying and breezing over your head as they come in. And they do some, all of a sudden they're doing a tight circle and boom, they're there. Well, that group we had 
our last day of the split. I mean, we're sitting there in the morning, and we're calling at these divers, and those were those were McGansers, right? Those were hoodies. Those were hoodies. So we're sitting there calling at these hoodies, and they're circling in front of us, circling in front of us, and all of a sudden they're just gone. Just disappearing yep, disappear. in the night sky. It's like two minutes after shooting light right now. Nobody else has shot yet. Like two minutes go by, and all of a sudden the whole group flies back and lands right in our decoys without us even seeing. It came from right over our heads straight into the water. And we're looking at each other. We're trying to slowly raise our guns. And we pulled a couple. What did we pull? Four out of that group? Three out of that group? We shot our limit, which is two apiece here. Two apiece. So we shot four out of that four, group. Four out of that group. And that was the start of our morning. Yeah. And then the green head started flying. And then after that, at about 1030, the geese started flying. So, you know, the split was awesome. I've never had Best more fun. I've had. never had more fun. The only thing I can say that this year, well, there's two things that I wish we could change. And we were going to work on it next year. I'd like the a, a little bit nicer boat. The John boat is it, it works, but I'd like a bigger one if we were gonna go to like Saginaw Bay again or something like that. Yeah. And then I gotta say, I really, really, really want a dog for next year. Yeah, a dog for us is a game changer. Cause I mean, every time we shoot a bird, we're hopping in, you know, we're pushing the boat off the shore, starting the motor, zipping out there, zipping back while there's ducks flying over your head. Exactly. We I, missed probably five or six birds just in the two day split. Because we're driving out there to get one or two birds, three birds one time. Like, we were after three birds, and we saw probably, what, 40 greenheads fly over? Yeah. Circle now, once. In a normal watch. situation, we would leave these birds sit for a second and watch. But we're hunting a place with a current like none other. These birds are These ma- birds were literally moving at probably three, four feet a second. Yeah. You got to hop These the birds are making up ground quickly. Like, they're, they're putting 50 yards on you within minutes. I mean, like, oh, they're yeah. gone. So... You got to get to them pretty quickly if you're going to recover them, and that's the most important thing to us is making sure we recover what we what we shoot. Yeah. So we definitely had to jump mm. in the boat, and then you end up missing ducks. But I definitely want next year, I want to get a dog. I'm debating on what kind of dog I'm going to get. Hold on one second, because I will say one of the coolest things that I've seen hunting, and you know, Hunter wasn't a very good, very big fan of this because he was pretty worried about it, but we're going after this duck that's probably 300 yards away from us because we shot it. And then more started circling, so we shot those two. And we looked up, and his duck's like 150 yards out by now. And we're we're going at it with our motor. And motor's spit and doesn't really want to go full speed. And all of a sudden, you look, and there's an eagle circling ahead. And it's just on the shoreline, circling, circling. I'm like, huh, it'd be kind of cool to see that eagle scoop up your duck. And you see it just circling the duck, circling the duck until it got spooked off and when we got close enough to it. But that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Because you know that eagle just lives off of hurt ducks. No, I'm yelling at this eagle on the front of the boat. I mean, this, I've, first of all, I've never seen an eagle circle anything. There, We don't have a lot of eagles around here as it is. But much. I'm screaming at it because there's two of them. And I'm screaming at it from the front of the boat. Don't touch my duck. And I'm screaming at it. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm like, I kind of want to cut the motor right now and see what this eagle does to the He's in duck. the back <laughs> encouraging it. I know it doesn't understand what he's saying, but he's like, yeah, catch the duck. <laughs> I thought it would have been pretty badass. I'm like, no, don't touch my duck. It's circling it. Not, I mean, it's it's like 40 yards above this duck's head just circling. And I'm like, and no. Then, see, I was all for it because it's not like the duck's going to go to waste. The duck's going to get ate one way or another. So no, I, I, just I, no, I wanted, I, no, I wanted my duck. That pissed me off. <laughs> I was like, do not touch my duck. But anyways, let me hear your debates on your, your dog right now. What do you? I know you've got a couple of different breeds in mind. I have you've a couple of different breeds on. in my mind. I don't know yet. I hear so many different things. I've had labs my whole life growing up, and I've hunted with labs my whole entire life. My dad has had multiple labs that we've retrieved ducks with. 
and they always are super family friendly. They're really good in the house, and they're really good at going retrieving ducks, and they and they love to just make you happy. But I'll get to the but. Here's the but. Here's what's just throwing him for a loop. They're they're big, and the way we hunt, our style of hunting, it would help if I went smaller. I think smaller would help us. Right, Less we, room don't, in the boat. we don't do big bulky hunts. We're, we're very nimble. We get around things. We hunt banks we probably shouldn't be sitting on. Uh, it, we, we like to just kind of go go deep into th- We don't have anything big. Everything that we have is very small and tight compact. There's only two of us. I don't want to put... It's almost like having a third guy with you. I mean, not quite. Obviously, labs. But It'd be you, like having a small person with exactly. you. Exactly. You can get a 55-pound lab, but you could also get a 100-pound lab. And good luck. You know, you're going to look at your, right, I mean, your mom and dad and your jeans, but... Look at, can you imagine your dog Diesel being in the boat with us? No. That no, would have been a bad I, I, No. His extra weight would have sunk our boat when we were sinking that day in the water. Exactly. <laughs> so now I, I learn about Boinkin Spaniels. And I'm like, those intrigue me a lot. The only thing that I'm worried about with them, and I hear so many mixed reviews. There's a lot of guys that say Boinkins are more versatile than a lab. Or they're just as driven and they will retrieve better than a lab I've, i you know i think it depends on the breeder and it depends on what kind of personality you have but i've heard a lot of guys say they're kind of um you know they like to go off on their own they're you know? self-motivated they're self-motivated they kind of like to go off on their own if they get bored or they're not challenged quite right they like to they like to kind of leave the pack a little bit and kind of explore or they're they're more in it the hunt for themselves more than they are for me but they're only 60 pounds at max. At max. Most of these and guys. And let's be honest, the way you feed your dogs, it's going to be a max weight dog. Well. It's going to be a chonker. It, it might be. But <laughs> we're, we're looking like a 45-pound dog. Right. And that just intrigues me because. Much more nimble. Much more nimble. And then I live in a small house. My house is not very big. Right. So a smaller dog really fits my house profile a heck of a lot house, more. It fits your hunts. It fits if it's our boat. It's. I just don't know if it fits my teach, teaching personality or if I'll get frustrated with the way that it wants to retrieve. I think that if you train it the right way, I'm just going to say right here on the podcast now, I think he should get the Boinkin. I think it'll be great. And the week after he told me he was thinking about getting one, we did a memorial call of somebody getting their picture of a Boinkin in a call. And I think its name was Cuz. So shout out to you if you listen to this podcast. Your dog was adorable, but I think that was a sign for him to get the Boinkin. I think it is too. Oh, and you know what? If you're listening to this podcast, hit us up because I would like to know more about the Boinkin Spaniel. Yeah, if, if you're hearing this, I don't remember exactly what your name was, but contact us. You had a Boinkin. It was a brown color, a murky water color. Its name was Cuz. We did a memorial call for you. It was an adorable dog. It really was. But so I, I've been battling back and forth, and obviously Willie says spend the money. If it was up to him, I'd get both. But well, that's, <laughs> that's my I like that as well. Exactly. But you know, I'm going back. I go back and forth on them all the time. I it's it's hard because if you're not by both breeds in person, I've seen labs. I've been around labs. I understand how labs kind of operate and what they do and what they like. But you haven't had the best luck with labs either. Well, you know, your last one was supposed to be a hunting dog as well. I know, now I it's not even I've, your dog. I've had a lot of problems now obviously this is a pedigree thing and i can't i couldn't afford at the time buying a big pedigree so that it is partially my fault i've had a lot of hip dysplasia problems that's fair yeah that's a bunch and now breton's dog also had hip dysplasia problems he's had two surgeries that runs in the lab's kind of profile because of the way they be used for hunting because of the way they breed them now that's a pedigree thing 
I should have went and found an actual breeder who is in it, you know, they get in their dogs checked, they're, they, you know, they know what they're doing. I didn't. I didn't have that kind of money. So, we'll see. I might go with the nice pedigree on the lab, but I also might go with the Boinkin. I don't really know. I'm not sure yet. I'm going to go with Boinkin. I'm calling it right now. That's what he's going to get. You guys heard it here first. Well, I'll let you guys know when I buy one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it'll be within the next couple months. I mean... To it get is ready the, for the, next season. The, you gotta be the, ready. Well, I'm about two weeks out from my from getting into my brand new house. Um, I'm hoping to be about two months out, probably from a dog. We'll so you know, we can start training in this. We'll start training obviously right away, but we can definitely get into the water. I'm looking for springtime, so when the ice opens up, we can get sw- we training. can get swim training and for sure. and a lot of bumpers in the water. All right, so before we get off talk about talk, blah, sorry, before we get off topic about anything else. I got to brag a little bit and bring it up. How'd your deer season go this year? Because I know you didn't have a great one, and I didn't have a terrible (laughs) one, so I got to bring it up. Quite shittily. Quite shittily. I really screwed up on this season. So I went out a lot in the early season, a lot of archery season, and I saw so many deer. Every night, I'd see 10 to 15 deer. Which would piss me off, because I'm going out early season, and I'm not seeing shit, and he's sitting out walking in his backyard, sending me pictures of him hunting with 20 deer in front of him. I didn't shoot any of them. I really played the whole, oh, I know that there's big bucks here. I'm going to wait for those. So I did. I waited. I sat there and waited and waited and waited and waited. And guess what? Never came. Uh, I mean, I'll give you credit. You had big bucks on your cameras. But... I had huge bucks. But um, no, they never they never showed up. Nothing ever came of it. And I got to gun season. Nothing. I kid you not, nothing. I went to gun, I went from 15 deer a day. To a, I was lucky to see one. Yeah. And that one would be a fawn. I'm like, <laughs> Trying to find its mom. I'm like, are you joking me? <laughs> and so I sat there, and by the end of the season, I was quite pissed off because I knew I had screwed up mightily. I never shot a deer this year. Now, the deer were still in your area because it's my understanding that your neighbor took down one of your target bucks. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. He did. He shot uh, He shot a nice, nice buck. And then it came onto my property. And he, ha- you know, he, he did kindly come over and ask to search for it. And as the hunter that I am and the sportsman that I am, I'm not going to tell you no. You which, sh- which I really appreciate considering the buck I shot during archery season, I could not track on my neighbor's property. Well, well I digress. Your neighbor's a dick. I, I don't know what to tell you. But I'm not that kind of a prank. <clears throat> I'm really not. I Was I unhappy? Sure. This is a huge 10 point that I've been, I've been trying to get on the whole year. It's the end of archery season, and he knocks on my door, and he's, he's killed it. And I'm like... I mean, at least he said he shot it. So I'm like, oh, great. Okay. He either killed it or he's wounded it and it's going to go somewhere and die and we're not going to find it. So we searched the whole property up and down, walking all over the place. We find it. Of course, it's in the thickest of thick freaking weeds. I got to help this guy pull it out. You know, I had to help him track it. I'm out there the whole day. For a deer that I've been tracking, I mean, and it was it was really just one of the worst pains I've ever felt as a hunter. Though I've tracked this deer, I've taken pictures of this deer. Was a part of you hoping you just didn't find the deer and it got up and walked away? Of course I was. <laughs> part of me, because he said he hit a branch, and a part of me was we didn't find blood, so a part of me was like, I hope he missed it. He missed this. I, buck. <laughs> he missed this buck. I hope he did. And the other part of me was like, if I was that guy hunting that deer. I'd, I'd want to find it too. Oh, of course. And, and, and I'm not going to tell this guy no. So I'm going to help him in any way, shape I can. And I don't want this deer to go to waste. 
We finally found blood. We find the deer. I had to help him pull it out. This deer is freaking huge. He's taking pictures. He's screaming, hooting and hollering up and right next to my, it died right underneath my tree stand, right underneath of where I hunt. It died. And so he's hooting and hollering. I'm like, okay, great. There goes this week's hunting. There's awesome. now a gut pile right underneath your tree stand. Now he's going, you know, ape shit. He's so happy. He's hugging me. I'm like, dude, I just want to get this. I don't even want to look at this deer. I don't. I don't. <laughs> get it off just, my property. Please don't. He's having me take pictures. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm officially done. So I loaded into the back of my truck. I said, where, where do you want it? He says, just put it by my truck. So I drive it over there. I, I just... Threw the, threw the deer off the back, and I'm like, okay, bye. Because bye. at this point, I'm totally done. I'm <laughs> done with it. I'm like, are you serious? He was super nice, though. He had the deer processed, and he brought me a whole grocery bag of goodies. So, hey, I mean, you got you got free meat out of it. I did get free. I, well, I wouldn't call it free. I had to spend a couple hours tracking and a couple hours getting him out of the thicket, <clears> and we had to pull him through a whole freaking thing of water through a river it was ah. it was a shitty shitty you love to see it <laughs> but you know what in the end i'm glad because i would really hope that any of my neighbors would do the same for me because if i shot a buck of that kind i mean this is a for michigan this is a high class deer this is a lifetime once in a lifetime buck i mean it's a nice buck i don't know what it what it ended up coming out as it was a beautiful 10 point though and I would want them to let me track it. So oh, I sure. have to. I have to. Now, how did your season go, though? You had a little better one than I did, but not by much. <laughs> not by much, but I did have a better one. So I don't know where I found the motivation to do it. But I think when I counted, I went on 37 deer hunts this season. Which is, you know, a lot for me because, you know, we're pretty busy with the company and all that. 37 hunts. And if you count it, how many hunts do you think I saw deer on? Oh, five. Six. Six of all. Six out of 37 hunts I would saw deer on. So finally, it is December 22nd. We've got nine days left in deer season. And I go out. It's a pretty cold morning. Uh, I leave the house. And I'm thinking I'm going somewhere else for some reason. I was thinking I was going towards Adrian. So I pull on the wrong road. And I realize when I'm about halfway there, where the hell are you going? You're on autopilot right now. This is where you usually go. So I turn around and go back to our hunting property and get stuck behind a log semi. So I'm sitting behind this logger truck and I'm like, okay, sunrise at like 7.20. It's already almost 7. There's no way I'm going to be out there in time. So I get to my property about a minute before shooting light and I'm like, well, I might as well walk out. There's actually a deer right out my window right I was going to say, you're pointing at something. So yep. I'm just going to take a little peek. There, there she is. is. There's a nice size doe. Yeah. And mine was a little bigger than that, I'd say. <laughs> but, you know, why we're talking about deer hunting right outside and beautiful Michigan sunset happening right now and a deer walking through the woods. Surprise, she's all alone, though. No fawns or anything. Oh, no, there'll be more. I spooked about 20 of them out back last Did night. you? Yes. Oh, there's a gun in my truck. We can get freezer full of meat before the night's over. <laughs> That's not a funny joke. <laughs> That's not funny at all. I'm just kidding, DNR. But anyways, <laughs> so I'm walking out about 30 yards from my truck, and I look up, and I see what looks to be a sign in the woods and the property is being sold right now. You know, there's been a realtor on and off. I'm thinking maybe somebody put up a sign with like a map of the property showing acres and stuff like that. Cause I've seen that happen before. And I'm looking all of a sudden the sign has a tail that wags and I'm like, Oh, there's a deer's is right there. <laughs> and I look through my crossbow scope and now it's, it's only late doe for gun. And then it's a buck for bow. So I'm looking through the crossbow scope, brand new crossbow. I haven't even shot at a deer yet. Can't see anything. I'm like, all right, I think it's a doe. And I go to shoot at this doe, and then out of the corner of the scope, I see like five more deer. 
So I look at those five. And then I see like a couple more. And I go back to this doe, the first one I saw, that was a decent sized mature doe. And I shoot at her and laying in the field, I see about 15 more deer jump up. So there's like 20 deer total in this field. They all go run and I take a couple more bullshit shots just trying to peg another one. Couldn't find, went back and couldn't find the doe I shot. I'm like, okay, so she didn't drop. Looking for her, looking for her. Finally, she fell about 60 yards from where she was, but there was no blood trail whatsoever. Shot with a gun, she only ran like 60 yards, no blood trail at all. So it was a really weird situation, but she dressed out at about 131, so I was happy with it. I, You know, it meets meat. I'd be happy. Yeah, I mean, I got a decent amount of meat from her. Shout out to my boy Mason Crane. Happy birthday weekend, by the way. And he helped me dress that deer, so super happy about that as well. Yeah, well, so differing seasons. Differing seasons. But I was in it for the I was in it for the ducks this year. I don't care about it. Yeah, that. you were definitely in it for the ducks. And I had a lot more fun duck hunting this year, that's for sure. I mean we, we shot ducks on pretty much all of our hunts except for I think one. There I was think one hunt where yeah, there we was got one one hunt where we got stumped. And really it was more of a give up effort because we shot two woodies and could not find either of them. No, that was a really weird day, and I would like to report I can see three more deer in the woods. Oh, yeah, they'll be coming so, out. They are the there. But we we kind of gave up on that day because I don't know what was going on with the shots that we were, you know, with the way we were shooting or bullets we were using. I have no idea, but we took we shot two ducks, brought them down. Both of them are wounded. They both swim off into the reeds. We search and search and search and search and cannot find them. So we decided, you know what? Let's just, let's go home today. It wasn't a very long hunt. No, it wasn't a very long hunt. We both just decided, yeah, it's, today's not our day. Let's go home. We searched for these ducks for hours. We spent most of the day searching for ducks. We did. That we did. And and that was really the only day that we we lost ducks. Um, but, you know, you never like to lose a duck. And that's where a dog would have came in handy again. We would have lost zero ducks if we had a dog. I think, the dog that would, I think the dog would have helped a lot. But... Willie's not a dog, so I mean, I try to treat him like one, but that's ah, a little rude. But he whatever, <laughs> he won't go smelling them for me. Nope, not really. Nose ain't that great. All right, so before this podcast is complete, let's go over some of the new stuff we have coming from Locked On Sound throughout. We'll say the first couple months of 2022, because we definitely have a lot of new stuff happening and a lot of new gear and calls dropping. What are you most excited about, Hunter? I got to say that my favorite new product, which for a call company shouldn't have been a new product, but it is, is our double acrylic, double barrel goose calls. I figured that's what you were going to go with. I freaking love them. I love making them. They're actually fun to make. Like some of the stuff we make, you know. He was a kid in the candy store when we finished our first one. Oh my God. Yes. It was this beautiful blue double barrel one. It hit the website within a couple of days of this podcast area. It is awesome, and I love making them because they just have the old style. They're still they're still the same uh, sh- uh, short read, um, same sound as our regular same goose. sound, but they look more like a flute. <clears throat> and I absolutely love the way they look. I love turning them. They take a little longer. They're a little more expensive, but they're they're two pieces of acrylic. Beautiful of matching insert. They look amazing, but they look awesome, and I, I like them. A lot. So many more shape possibilities with them, and totally worth the extra few dollars you're gonna pay. That or in in the new hats. The new hats. So I'm wearing one of our new hats right now, and I gotta say they look beautiful. They are awesome leather patch hats that are stitched right on the hat, burned with our logo on them. We're gonna have new editions dropping all week long. Some are already on our website now. 
So be on the lookout for those. Right now we've got them in gray and white, two different shades of brown, and then an awesome shiny matte black. Shiny matte black. You know, a shiny logo on the matte black hat. Um, I like the hats a lot. They're really, really nice looking. They're easy to read. And I'm hoping that other people like them a lot. We'll, we'll get some feedback. Well, we've already got quite a few orders for them. So I'd say they're getting positive feedback already. That's great. Um, what's your favorite? Anything? I would say my favorite that isn't necessarily brand new. We dropped them on the website last week, but our deer antler calls. So oh. like we were just talking, you know, you just heard us on our podcast talking about the deer that are sitting in the woods right now. There were about 15 of them back there. But the antler mouthpiece on the calls is just a game changer. Uh, we did our first one. It's on the website right now for, I believe, $85 right now. And you can kind of, you can custom a, a little bit, but we can't make 100% promises just because we got to work off the deer antler. You know, the shape of the call comes from the deer antler, not the other way around. But they are beautiful calls, one of a kind, every single one. There's not two of each one. And they're all authentic deer antlers. So none of them came from, you know, a fake deer. I tell you what, if you want a better look at it, hop on our TikTok. That's true. Our TikTok we, does have a beautiful Willie, picture. Willie just uploaded actually a great <clears throat> video from start to finish of that call. And I tell you what, it looks really, really good final product. It did. And we were starting, it was our very first one. It was kind of our prototype. And we chose the wood, you know, we so cut what, the antler. I, I don't even remember what kind of wood it was the antler took over. I have it written down. It's on the website. But, um, I, oh. but it's got aluminum inlay to deer antler. And I'll tell you what, it really, really, really looked good. It's the first inlaid call I've actually ever done. Um, there's a lot of guys, you know, that put copper or aluminum or, or something of that style, maybe in a cr other acrylic with acrylics or with wood to make beautiful inlays, um, which I have never done before. But we stepped outside the comfort zone. We drilled some antler. We got aluminum around to put an inlay in, and it turned out amazing. All right, so I just looked it up. That was a beautiful black palm wood. Now, we got it, and it's a, it's a nice – we stabilized – not stabilized it, but we coated it. So, you know, the water is not going to soak into the wood. The antler matches up with it perfectly, and in between the antler is a nice layer of aluminum. It's a great-looking call. Hunter, for his first inlay, especially did an amazing job on that call. I actually kind of forgot about that call until you brought it up because I don't know. I don't know why I forgot about it's, it. But. It's a great-looking call, and it's not even on our Instagram yet. Uh, the website has a pro it's got it's got its own product section on the website, but there's only one of them. So first come, first serve for that one. But with that being said, our fan favorite, I'd have to say, is definitely our new image rod calls, which have been out for a couple months now, but the podcast hasn't heard about them yet. Um, they're kind of they're really fancy. They're little they're calls that are clear on the outside and then they have images on the inside with the acrylic is poured around the image. You can pretty much get just about anything you want. You heard it earlier in the podcast. The guy sent in a picture of his Boinkin Spaniel, and it was in the call. I mean, you can see his dog clear as day. It's a memorial <clears throat> call. He had uh, the name of the dog engraved on the band, and you can, you can see the dog whenever you want. You can hang around on your lanyard. Um, but the fan favorite for sure is alcohol. We can do pretty much any alcohol you want in there. Pretty much. And if we don't have it in stock, we can get it custom made. The Bush for Lights. I've sell I've been selling like oh we've sold a lot of bushlight ones uh, we just had an order come in for six or seven Coors banquet calls uh, let's see the bush apple the bush corn edition now these are available in duck or goose by the way 
And I don't think Hunter knows about this, but I've been talking to our supplier a little bit, and we are going to have grunt calls on the way soon. Oh, I did not know that. So we will have a lot of different calls on the way soon. You can customize them. A lot of companies have put their logos inside of calls too. We've had some local companies, some guide services and stuff like that, put their company logos inside of a call and they look amazing. They do look really, really good. If you if you want to just kind of show up and have your own personal touch that no one else has got on theirs, that's kind of a fun one to do. Yeah, especially if it's a logo of like a your business or something like a lot of guys I see on Instagram that follow our page are like, you know, it's their, them and their buddies' Instagram. They post videos and pictures of their hunts and stuff and have cool logos and stuff made up for that. Great idea for gifts for those as well. And even though Christmas is over, we definitely have some calls on sale right now for the people who are looking for gifts or just adding a unique call to their lanyard. Uh, we have a bunch of some of our original wooden calls. They don't have a band on them. They're not the fanciest wood in the world, but they're really nice quality calls. They look great. They'll look good on your lanyard. They sound the same. They sound really good. You're going to get ducks to come in with them. I, I, I promise you that. They have the exact same sound as all the calls we have now, and it's just a classic wood wooden duck call, a couple goose calls. Anybody who like likes that. that old school feel, all the wood, there's no metal on it. It's not going to be super cold in the morning. It's just a really old school feel to it. You, you should you should definitely go and look at them because it's it's rolling on a budget a little bit cheaper than our other calls and they definitely make a great piece to your lanyard absolutely beautiful piece that's for sure now we do have one thing to apologize for during this podcast as well oh big apologies big apologies one of our projects did get pushed back a little bit and you know i don't think we're missing a whole lot though because they would have dropped at the end of december for 2021 and you know, a couple people might have gotten them for the goose season for 2022, but it's our silhouette decoys. We talked about it last year on the podcast, and the company that we were going through that was going to help us come up with this design ended up falling through. They didn't have the machine that they were using. The guy that was using it ended up leaving the shop, and we couldn't use that machine anymore. And so we kind of fell flat on our face with that. And then we hit busy season. And instead of trying to push hard and get, you know, something made up for that on the, you know, on the fly, we want quality products for all of you great customers. So we pushed it to the back burner until we could get something a little bit better. Now we do have something better in the works that will hopefully be dropping within the next couple of months. We're actually should be receiving our prototype here within the next couple of weeks. And after that, it's all field testing in February, and it'll be released to you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to our silhouettes a lot. It just gives us something extra on the website to, to sell to everybody, and it gives us gets our name out there a little bit more, uh, really kind of puts puts us out there, just not, not just in the call market, but for something else. <clears throat> and with that being said, like I mentioned field testing, and we're, of course, going to be running with those products and running with our own silhouette decoys for the goose season. But we will have some exciting opportunities for some new pro staffers coming up. We've already contacted a few people and had a few people contact us, and we'll have some official pro staffers for the 2022 season. I had probably 100 people text me throughout 2021 season trying to get on the pro staffer list, wanting products that you know we were working on and stuff like that. So all of those are available now. So if you're still interested in that, for sure give us a contact. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, like we said, it, they're in the works right now. It looks like if everything goes according to plan, we should, with the, here within the next few months, have our pro staffers finalized. 
and really be rolling. And there are some exciting new marketing campaigns and stuff for those. Some some donations we'll be making and stuff like that. So keep your eyes open for those because it's a great opportunity to not only help out our company and get yourself some awesome gear, but to help out some other organizations as well. Oh, for sure. And on some of those list of pro staffers that we can't release the names of yet, but you guys will see them on our podcast in the next couple months as well. So let's talk about some Finally, of the awesome guests some, we have lined some guests. up. Yes, we talked about it last year. We hinted at it. Now, obviously, we're a super small podcast. We, you know, we're not huge. We're a small company. So getting quality people to come on your podcast, that's kind of a difficult subject to come up with because when you go and ask somebody who's popular, hey, do you want to come on my small podcast? They usually say no. They say, I got better things to do with my time. But we have totally lucked out and gotten some connections through some of the calls we've made, some of the people, the people who have calls we've made for them. And I'm really excited to say that we've got probably five or six guests lined up over the next three months. And they'll be awesome, awesome listens. We've got two of our pro staffers. We won't release their name yet. They're definitely going to be on the podcast. That's going to be two really exciting episodes. I can promise you that. You guys are really going to listen to those. Um, We've got a DNR officer coming on. And I want to say, if you guys have any questions, whether you're from Michigan or not, you know, most of the DNR questions can go state to state, even though they're ran a little differently. They have most of the same reasoning behind. So if you guys have any out-of-the-box questions for these DNR guests, we'd be happy to hear them as well. Oh, yeah, we would, because it's always really fun to come up with some other ideas, because we can only bounce ideas off each other as much as we can. You know, there's, there's other out-of-the-box questions that uh, could be asked. And I got to say, one of the one of the guests I am most excited to have on the podcast is a current player in the National Football League who bought a beautiful one-of-a-kind customized call based on the team he plays for. So if you want a sneak peek of who that's going to be, go ahead and check out our Instagram or our TikTok. It's on both of those. If you scroll a little bit, you can see the call sold back in probably November, I'd say. I'd say November. It was mid-football season. And I'm excited to say that not only you know is he a player in the NFL, but he'll be playing this weekend in the wild card game. So there's another little hint for you guys to try and figure out who will be on our podcast. I'm not going to ruin the surprise or anything, but I will say this man that's sitting next to me geeked out the whole entire year because he got to talk to this player back and forth and he got to create a custom call for him. It was an awesome custom call. You can't say it wasn't. It was an amazing call and he and I think he really enjoyed it, but he will be on the podcast as well. And then I do believe we're going to get another football player on the podcast. There will be. We've got an awesome college football player who will be coming on the podcast. And he is also on some other lists for projects of ours, but I'm really excited to have him on as well. D1 athlete from down south. Yep. We'll be getting a lot of great information about him and all of, I mean, think about all the challenges that some of these athletes and teams had to go through this year with COVID alone. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of great podcasts coming up with a lot of really amazing guests, and I I can't wait. Finally have somebody that's better than this guy to my right. Hey, you know what? (laughs) How did the show? We're coming. (laughs) So you know why we're on the topic of the NFL? Let's end the show with some pick shall we? It's wild card weekend coming up. We've got games that will be starting soon. This podcast might not go up until a couple of those games are over. If not, I apologize, but we're making these picks before the games. And uh, maybe we'll place a little bet on who picks more right games out of this season. Oh, what are we betting? Uh, what do you What do you want to bet on here? I have no idea. <laughs> <sighs> Next episode, we'll let you guys know what we're betting. But I'll let you pick the games first. I'll go through the list. I got the bracket in front of me, and let's see what uh, what games we agree on and don't agree on. And I'm gonna tell you, we're gonna do scores for two of the games too. 
Oh, so, we're going to do... Two. Why just two? Oh, I don't want to do scores for all the games. That would take too much time. Oh, okay. But I'm going to pick the NFC game. You can pick the AFC game. All right. So let's start on the AFC side of the ball. Las Vegas and Cincinnati. Who do you got? Oh, man. I got to go Joe Burrow. I'm sorry. Joe Burrow, really? I, I hate the Bengals. I cannot stand the Bengals. But Las Vegas sucks. So I'm going Bengals. As much as I want to see... The Raiders get a win. I don't think they're going to, but I can't go against them. I love what that organization has done this year through all the adversity they faced. And you know what? I think Derek Carr can pull it through and get some, get another dub, even if it's just a wild card I've weekend. I've got no faith in Derek Carr. I None. think they can beat him. Screw None. Cincinnati. They got it. Joe, so Burrow. Joe taking... Burrow puts the cigar in his mouth again and gets the dub. You know, that is one of the greatest NCAA <laughs> pictures of all time. Just yeah. saying. All right, following the AFC line, New England at Buffalo. The star Saturday night game that will be a hell of a matchup between the two. Super, super hype for this game, actually. And you know what? This just proves I'm not a Tom Brady fanboy. I'm going Patriots all day long. Patriots all day long. Give it to me. Give it to me. Patriots all day long. I I can't go against you on that one. I've got New England. I think Mac Jones gets the job done. I think he's the best rookie quarterback in the draft class of 2021. Well, he's also playing on the best team the rookie has. I mean, who's – well, I can't say that because – I wouldn't say best team. Who? Well, what other rookies on a better team? Are we talking all rookies, not just quarterbacks? No, we're talking just quarterbacks. Oh, just quarterbacks? Okay, I'll give you quarterbacks. Best best rookie quarterback. I will say Trey Lance is on San Francisco. They're, They're not a bad team. No, and we'll, we'll but definitely he didn't get more get, depth he didn't beat Garoppolo. He did so not beat Garoppolo. I, I'm going to take... But I'm, Who is I'm, a hit or miss quarterback this year? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, but he I got into a playoff slot. I don't know so can't where they get yet. hit or miss from. I think Garoppolo's okay. He's okay. Steelers at Kansas City. Can the big chunk, Big Ben, pull through versus the last year's Super Bowl contender, Kansas City? No. 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 Not even close. TikTok fanboys are getting their ass beat today. I will, you know, I hate to say it, but you're right. It's not happening. You, you are right. Kansas City will get that dub. Kansas City's going to dance all over their logo. I, I hope they don't do that. I hope they don't disrespect Big Ben that much on his last game of his career. Big Ben is going to have to freaking... He obviously retires after this oh year, right? Oh my God. He's he, done, he's, right? He's retiring into the freaking orange and black background (laughs) (laughs) all right on to the nfc for our final three games of the pickums wait you didn't pick your score pick pick new england buffalo new england buffalo would be a really fun one to pick oh man that's a hard one to pick though i'm gonna go 32 24 all right i just want you to know i wrote this down right before you said that we're pretty close on score so you said 32-24, Yeah, I've got 33-31. I think it's a very close game, and I'm even willing to bet that Buffalo has the ball to end the game, can't drive down the field to score. No. Can't even get a field goal. I, I, I got faith in New England. I got it. All right, on to the NFC. One of the most, I'd say, publicized matchups so far for the playoffs is Arizona versus the Rams. Okay, well, we're from Michigan. We are from Michigan. And, and you know, I, I do have to say... If you say Stafford, I'm going to be really disgusted in you. He's I'm, overrated. I, he, you know what? I'm going to get a lot of crap on a Michigan-based no, podcast no, for saying this. No, he's, he's all right. And you know what? I, I'm going to say, as much as I think L.A. has the weapons to do it, they don't get it done. 
Arizona takes the win. They take the dub. It. I don't know. I just. I think there's almost too many weapons going on. Stafford's kind of had an interception filled year. Oh, I mean, he's had. Well, I think he's had the most interceptions of any quarterback in the league. I'm not gonna quote because I haven't three. looked at that. But he's top three. I, 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 think I so. tell you what, they haven't. They haven't been playing the best football. I think Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray gets it done in Arizona, and they take the dub. I have to agree with you on that. Um, you know, being being who I am as a Dallas Cowboys fan, Kyler, Kyler Murray did kind of put the beat down on Dallas a few weeks ago, two weeks ago. But I got to root for him, and I hope he takes down Stafford, just because I think he is one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the league. You know, right we now. haven't differed at all yet. Uh, we um, we differed in the Vegas game. I took Vegas, even though I think that's a wrong pick. Oh, okay, I I, yeah, I guess you took Vegas. And all right, we'll go. We'll go. This should be an easy one as well. Philly at Tampa. Philly. Philly. All right, Philly. So this is where we're Philly. gonna differ. I, I'm sorry. I'm really. I'm rooting for Tampa because the Michigan quarter. Well, yeah, played played for Michigan. You gotta go for the Tom Brady, the goat. I'm gonna get flagged for saying that. He's from. He is the greatest quarterback of all time, and he is now in the playoffs. But even though they have struggled, as much as I'm rooting for him, let's look at the let's look at Tom Brady versus Philly. Let's look at it. That's true. It has the Philly special. The Philly special does get it. Jalen Hurts. I think he pulls the freaking trick out of the hat, the bunny rabbit, and he just gets it done. And you know what? They're coming into this game pissed off after getting their ass kicked last week. So it's going to be a hell of a game. Screw it. I'm taking. I'm taking the long shot. Philly's getting it done. I've got a close game going into the fourth quarter, but I think Brady is pretty much unbeatable in the playoffs. And I say that with a grain of salt, considering my team will probably see him second round, I hope. Screw your team. Yeah, I figured you'd say that. (laughs) Going into that, our last NFC game, and the one I'll be watching the hardest, is San Francisco 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys. A matchup built for the 90s. I hate this freaking matchup, because as much as I want to root for San Francisco and have them win... We all know that's a long shot. Dallas is probably taking this game. They I got to take Dallas in this game. They got a good defense. Dak Prescott's been playing pretty good. I can't see San Francisco doing anything to this Dallas team, but who knows? Maybe. I think Garoppolo has two-plus interceptions, at least one of them to Trayvon Diggs, hands down. If, if, if I'm being honest, I think this game's probably a blowout. All right, I'm, I'll go with the score on this one first. You had the last one. I'm going to say 43-14. to 14. I think it is an absolute blowout. Wow. I'll say... Wow. I don't even know. I, I, I think 42-10. to 10. 42, so even more of a blowout than I picked. I don't. That is unprecedented I for the playoffs. I don't see San Francisco scoring very much, and I don't see their defense stopping them very much. No, I wouldn't say so either. Dak would have to have a it, terrible game. It hurts me to say it. I hate that pick. I hate it. But I could get really lucky, and Dallas could do what they do. They could That's really true. We do like to up. choke in the playoffs. So, you know what? Get your bowls ready. Get your Celia ready because you might choke just along with the Cowboys. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, what a great sentence to end today's podcast. <laughs> you I know what? I had a lot of fun at this podcast. I, I did too. It was our first time back in the booth in what? Probably four months, five it's months? It's been a while. It's been a while. Ever since we hit the busy season of calls, we just haven't had time for it. And I am super excited to say we're back. We've got a lot coming at you guys and a lot of new products. I want to take a quick second to call out some of the people that have helped us along the way. 
Colin Clear on Instagram, who's a beautiful nature photographer, has sent us some awesome videos calling at geese and the way he's taken down some of these geese. You've seen them on our TikTok and our Instagram, but those videos are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, another one for a huge shout out is Nolan's Poorhouse Coffee. He just dropped two new flavors this uh, within the past month. We were some of the first two people to sample them outside of his little group there in Pennsylvania. And I'm super excited to say those flavors are some of my two favorites he sells. And, I, and you know what? I got to say, no one knows this, but uh, coming here soon within your orders, this should be... We will have 100... I'll say I'll say 90% sure. We're waiting on the, uh, the new packaging to come in on his end. But every Locked On Sound Calls purchase will come with a sample of Nolan's Poor House Coffee. So all you coffee lovers, buy yourself a call. You get a free sample of coffee. What well, I mean, or how you can, can you look at that? it as you buy a sample of coffee and get a free call. Your I, choice, exactly. And a sticker and, and a, 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 a decal in a box or call bag if you buy. A I mean, bag. so you can buy just the box and you get everything inside of it. Exactly. For free. What a hell of a deal! And you know, be sure to tack on some of our new apparel. We had eight new T-shirts uploaded to the website just today, so be sure to check those out and add those on your hats as well. 